Macarion to Stokes, who's onside. One Here's Sims to put Stokes this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it. Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia. Right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, any dogs that are listening in the background, welcome to the Saints FC podcast. Uh, I'm John Bailey, I'm your host for this evening, and I am joined by the industrious Tom Parker. How are you, Tom? I'm very well, John. That's one of the nicest things you've ever said about me. (laughs) That you're industrious. Yeah, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. If, I mean, if I was to do like a boxing announcement for you, what, what would you what would you feed the announcer to describe you? What would you want to come into the ring, the podcast uh, ring? To? I'd probably go, come into the music of Skilo, uh, which was a little bit taller. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, I think you could say like the the the, the dwarf of Deptford, the yeah. Baron of Broccoli. Um, yeah. The, you know, the hairiest man on the side of Greece. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. Something the man like that. who I mean, puts, that's... puts road into Old Kemp Road. I don't know. What, like... this, these things could all work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> but how well, are you, um, John? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. Um, so we, we had the joy of going to watch the game at the Emirates. I say the joy. I mean, there was all the things that are normally involved um, with going to watch Southampton. You know, there's excitement. Um I suppose one of the rare things we had at one point was perhaps belief, and then there was the inevitable disappointment. But um, we'll get into that because we've got another fixture to talk about first, and I want to talk about this one really, really quickly because from a Saints point of view, there's not really anything positive to talk about. And that was the home game against Everton, the 2-1 loss. Um, And I think we were all expecting Saints to be coming out firing. They'd shown a bit of metal against Man City, although ultimately lost that one 2-1. And it was a chance to show the home fans what they could do. It was possibly the worst Saints performance. I think, I'm trying to think back. I mean, there's been a few stinkers, even under Ralph. I think um, Cardiff at home last year was particularly bad. But this was just... I mean... I don't know what you expected, John, but I thought Saints would come out of the traps and hammer and lash into Everton. And that's not what happened, was it? No. I mean, but I think before that, Tom, I need to call you up on that was the worst Saints performance. I mean, I don't know who your therapist is or if you've been yeah, seeing the guy yeah, yeah. from Men in Black. Um, but that's like, a good point. Yeah, rather than actually telling you what they've erased from, from your memory, if you could just give me the card of that guy who sorted that out <laughs> for you. Um, there's something that I'd quite like to erase from my memory well, as well. I guess maybe it's because I didn't see the Leicester game. So yeah. I, I guess my point, yeah, it's a good point. But I guess... You know, the Leicester game, the difference for me is, you know, we play Leicester, Leicester are a really good team, you know, full of confidence, full of players, pacey players that are exactly the sort of players that hurt Saints. Everton hadn't won away since March and were terrible, you know, and were languishing near the bottom of the table with us. And they, and we gave them, we basically let them attack us for the first half. It was nuts. 
Yeah, I mean, it it, it really was pretty crazy. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know why why that that happens. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm starting to think that is our problem. Um, is my our problem? That was a nice way of saying it. Is our problem St Mary's? Because, oh, 100%. And, and what is it about St Mary's that makes it such a big problem? There's definitely a hoodoo, isn't there? There's definitely a, um, you know, a hang-up. And this is not a Ralph hang-up. This is a hang-up that goes back to to post-Kuman. It's everything post-Kuman, isn't it? No one, none of the, well, let me think, three Saints managers since then have had any, you know, four Saints managers, sorry, since then have had any joy. And, and obviously, I think there's something about the crowd, obviously, are, you know, rightly or wrongly, quite quick to to get on the players um it's a very strange phenomenon it's, it's just a totally bonkers phenomenon because in theory the home teams you know home teams win more games you know they should feel safer yeah they should feel more emboldened but we're saints it's the opposite um but i guess you know we'll come to the uh, we'll come to this weekend's game but uh hopefully yeah saints are looking to put that right because they they kind of have to don't they i mean i i don't know about you but Everton game, I'm pretty optimistic. Generally, you ask me what do you think the score is going to be, and I, yeah, even if we're playing away at the New Camp, I sort of predict a bit of win for Saints. <laughs> um, but like Everton was the first time I've sort of watched it and thought, oh god, maybe actually they won't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird that you had that trepidation. I mean, I had that trepidation before the Leicester game, um, but I, I genuinely thought after the performance we put in against. Um, Man City at the Etihad that that would have given us the boost that we needed but things very very quickly went wrong I think conceding an early goal was the worst thing that could happen because it undid all of the fragile you know the house of cards of Saints positive mental attitude was mm. you know w- w- was destroyed and um, you know Tom I- I'm actually going to make an argument for you here okay so you've, you've said an outrageous statement of um, the performance against Everton being our worst of the season so I'm going to read you the stats from the two games, okay? Uh, so, Southampton Everton, Saints 47% possession, uh, only took four shots um, in total, three of which were on target. Um, you may remember they didn't take a single shot in the first half, so all of them came in the second half. Everton, we conceded 24 shots to Everton. Um, they only managed to get five of those on target, but the fact that we've allowed Everton um, to have that many shots is you know, pretty pathetic. The game against Leicester, so we only had 27% possession, so that was really, really bad. But we still managed more shots. We had six shots. Uh, but, you know, interestingly, Leicester had exactly the same number of shots as Everton. Um, and I wait, well, they have one more, 25 shots against us. But the difference was they registered 15 of those on target. So, I mean, in terms of the kind of raw key stats in the game um, they're actually fairly similar games Tom in, in how yeah. dreadful Southampton were I mean it, it is kind of nuts so I think with the Everton game the worry I, I mean the, the crazy thing was is you, you come out to obviously you got nothing out of the Man City games but two respectable performances particularly in the in the Premier League game and you just thought this you know you're almost like you couldn't wish to be playing a better team than Everton yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it was almost like, you know, they 
they don't have a goal scorer. You know, the signings haven't worked. The manager under pressure. They're terrible away from home. Um, you know, you'd almost sort of pick them out as to be the one team you'd want us to play. We get, yeah. we had a really good result against them last year, and Saints just rolled over. I mean, you know, I don't know if we need to. I don't know what much else is to say. I mean, that we can point to a bright sort of 15, 20-minute period in the second half, but it was just a, a totally bizarre experience. And I think, you know, w- w- the team at, in that game showed a tremendous lack of self-belief, like a worrying lack of self-belief. Yeah, it, it, it was absolutely dreadful. And um, it's... It, it's one of those things where it, we've got to resolve this issue. If we don't resolve this issue at St. Mary's, the belief that we can win there, that we can score goals and that we can have a little bit of luck as well, then, you know, it's, we're just going to be in trouble, Tom. Um, I, I think I'm kind of done talking about the Everton game. I mean... Another goal for Danny Ings, though. Yeah, another goal for Danny Ings. His record is great. Who was the assist? Was it, was it Buffal? Um yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I mean, it was a fair few weeks ago. But yeah, Buffal's looking good. Danny Ings is looking good, and um, you know, I think let let's get on to the Arsenal game because there's some really good performances uh, to pick out. But I want to take you back to the start. Uh, there were probably maybe three surprises or two and a half surprises in the starting lineup. We had Armstrong, Obafemi, and Jack Stevens all starting. Um, what did you make of that at the start, Tom? I thought it was, I mean, look, I, I know he's got a mistake in him, but so have all our centre-backs. So I don't actually have a problem with, as you know, as much as some Saints fans do with Jack Stevens. And also I think Jack Stevens does give 100%. Armstrong it seems to actually be, like, I think, well, I thought when we signed Armstrong, we bought like a flair player. Mm. You know, we bought like a kind of a Tadic kind of player, but we actually haven't. He's actually a really industrious, hard-working um, presser of the ball. So I think, you know, and I think with Obafemi, it was a brilliant move because obviously Arsenal's defensive woes are well documented. They play with two ageing, quite slow, ponderous centre-backs who are prone to make mistakes. And Ings, for all his strengths, is not probably the fastest player. But in Obafemi, you gave them, uh, and we saw it throughout the game, he just gave Arsenal no opportunity to rest. So I think the lineup was really positive. And also I think it showed... Um, you know, if we'd have gone five at the back, we would have undoubtedly sat back and we would have invited pressure and we can't invite pressure because we will concede. I think it probably took Arsenal a bit by surprise. And I think, you know, the opening 17 minutes until the Arsenal goal kind of showed that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really did. We we started so positively. I, it was... I mean, I, I can't really remember Arsenal having a chance in, in the first kind of like 15 minutes. Um, certainly nothing of note, whereas I think in the first 15 minutes we'd had a, a shot from Stuart Armstrong. We'd, we'd got up at them a, a few times and generally things were looking were looking pretty positive. Um, and then that goal as well. I mean, it was just lovely. The build-up play was great. Um, I, I can't remember if... Uh, you know exactly who was build you know in the build up play, but I think James Will Prowse and Stuart Armstrong exchanged some passes, didn't they? And then yeah, got Redmond into got Redmond. fouled. Yeah, stupid foul by Callum Chambers. But um, it was a, it was quite far away from us, wasn't it? The goal. It was yeah. a bit, it almost seemed to happen in slow motion. But I think 
one of the things, and this isn't, yeah, it's not my thought, but it was great on match of the day. It was absolutely right. If you look at how quick the Saints players reacted compared to the Arsenal players, um, this is Gary Lineker's point, I think. If you look, Arsenal have five players plus their manager moaning at the referee about a definite, obvious free kick. Whereas Ryan Bertrand, being the clever old dog that he is, just gets on with it. Yeah. Um, really clever move from Ryan Bertrand. Spotting the fact that all the Arsenal players were just there, kind of like you know, not focusing on the game. And then Danny Ings' finish was absolutely brilliant. I mean, the, the keeper was expecting him to put it in the far post. He slots it in and then in off the post. Lovely. You know, it's like threading the ball through the eye of the needle there. It's really beautiful. I mean, that's his sixth Premier League goal of the season. So that's eight goals in total. He, I think, is only one behind Rashford. I mean, he's in front of Callum Wilson. I mean, is it too much to think for an England call-up for Danny Ings? I don't know. I mean, he's not a very fashionable club. And he's probably not the sort of fashionable player, but he's not too old for England. And you could argue if he, if he carries on like this, he's six goals. He could, you know, if he carries on like this, he stays fit, he'll hit 18 Premier League goals which yeah. is a remarkable achievement for a team of Saints quality. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd absolutely love it. It would be great if he gets a call-up. I can't necessarily see him making that final squad for the Euros because I think Gareth Southgate's going to go for some more trusted players. And pace um, as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got Harry Kane, but he just loves scoring goals, doesn't he? He just um, can't not score goals. Yeah, and that England record is, you know, in his sights. When you think about the goal he got against Southampton, it was just cool as a cucumber the way he took it. Um, and then you've got, you know, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, who I think actually does better for England than he does for Manchester United. But I, I suppose kind of beyond those three who are nailed on, maybe there is one position up for grabs. Yeah, you never know. I mean, but he he showed he's a really good finisher, and I think he's probably the only natural finisher that there is in the squad. Yeah, I think that's probably a safe thing to say. Um, but it's another goal, you know. Like he's he's just it was a really well taken goal, and all credit to Ryan Bertrand uh, for the sort of uh, shithousery of the quick free kick. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a really good goal. But then what happened, John? Well. Let's not get onto that just yet, because there was another thing which happened in the first half, which I enjoyed um, almost as much as Danny Ings' goal. And that was Jack Stevens' ball from the back, through ball to Obafemi, which he ran onto. I, I, got yeah. a, I got a little bit of stick in the away end here for saying that Jack Stevens could be our Andrea Pirlo. But you know, <laughs> I, I stand by that statement, Tom. Well, did you see Jack's interview, which I think you highlighted on Twitter, yeah. um, on the Echo? I thought it was a really good interview. Hopefully people cut him some slack because he was yeah, in a team that played almost to a man really well. Jack Stevens was was brilliant. And bear in mind, like Arsenal, yeah, everyone can say Arsenal aren't very good and Arsenal, you know, they let themselves down. and they, They've still got, right, an attracting trident of Ozil, who is, you know, an inconsistent genius and in, in the front two of Lacazette and Aubameyang they probably have apart from the front three of Liverpool they probably have the best forward line in the Premier League in terms of pure goal scorers yeah ab- absolutely I think I think you can say that and um, he had a great game yeah he, he, he did he was he made one mistake I think in that um, first half which we didn't get punished for, and I was very relieved that we didn't get punished for because it seems that Jack Stevens, away, yeah, yeah, he he seems to make 
the mistake which ends up as a goal and other players sometimes make worse mistakes that somehow don't end up as a goal but he's the sort yeah. of Jos Hoyveld of, um, of current <laughs> Southampton team uh, yeah um, without the own goals without the own goals but you know I think Jack Stevens had a good game I think Bednarek ha- had a good game as well in the centre of defence uh, the one defender who I didn't think had a good game and this brings me on to the Lacazette goal was Cedric um, yeah he had a really I mean I think you're generous. I think he had a really bad game. Yeah. I mean, quite simply. I mean, he looked out of sorts. I mean, I think we might be being a bit tough on him because Arsenal's most creative attacking outlet was definitely Kieran Tierney. Yeah. Who um, got a bit of stick on on match of the day, which I, yeah, but over the course of 90 minutes, he was a hell of a player. Yeah. Yeah. And looked very, very dangerous. Um, So maybe that was something that. Um, you know that, that that Cedric had to be really mindful of, but uh, I guess we'll come to the second half and Cedric's quite incredible decision making uh, yeah. when presented with the oh easiest pass word. in Premier League oh football, uh, which yeah. was right in front of us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you know first half, you know, the goal was the classic sort of scrappy but really clever forwards goal. I, yeah. It's just I don't think Saints did anything wrong, and I think. I, you know, I'd like to see that same team start. But uh, but anyway, but yes, we move on. So first half we played really well, John. Yeah, first half we played really well. Um, half time I was feeling really positive. I, I mean, I wasn't going to the game expecting much, but you know, I was happened to be in London. I'd come from a children's fifth birthday party. Um, you'd come from an NCT meeting. That shows how how laddie we are, doesn't it, Tom? Straight yeah. out, I was straight out of NCT. Yeah. <laughs> that famous nwa album from when they got a little bit older and started having kids um so you know but obviously the the opportunity to go to a saints game meet up with mates drink a few pints um and shout out to carl lanker and shirley mush and the rest of the guys that i met in the pub afterwards as well it was good good having a beer with them as well and also freddie from the ugly inside for getting our tickets tom oh yeah thank you freddie what a yeah. great guy yeah um but yeah half time very very positive um and you know I, I was looking forward to the second half and, and quite rightly so because we came out we stuck to our plan we continued being aggressive Obafemi continued to just run and run and run and run and we kept on creating chances I mean admittedly Arsenal had some chances as well they hit the crossbar uh, McCarthy made a fantastic save Bednarek made a great kind of last minute challenge oh, yeah, which I I don't think that needs to go unnoted, uh, you know, unnoted in this podcast. It, we need to mention that because it was really good, and it was, you know, it was one of those ones where the Arsenal players and fans were, you know, appealing for some VAR because they just couldn't believe that Benrett could have got the ball legally because it was such a great um, block. Um, so Arsenal did have their chances, but they always will create chances. But then so did we. I mean, the one that you mentioned earlier, where Cedric. I, th- I think he was kind of like closing in on the box, um, robbed the Arsenal defender of the ball. I heard you in my right ear saying, what on earth is Cedric doing up there? Yeah, I did. Then, I, was, I was like, Cedric, what? there's no reason for him to be here. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then, and then that. Yeah, then he wins the ball back and you think, oh, this is amazing. He's got the ball. We've got Obafemi up there, unmarked, the other side of the six-yard box. All he needs to do is make a very nice, you know, neat pass to Obafemi and then he's got an open goal to whack it in. What does he do, John? I, 
I don't know. I think he got excited and wanted to shoot. Then he realised that Obafemi was um, unmarked. So he suddenly realised that he had to cross it or pass it. Um, but all of this happened in a you know split second, and mm. I think the messaging from his brain to his right foot got confused somehow because he kind of shot at Obafemi rather than passed Obafemi or, or shoot at the goal. And uh, basically, Obafemi didn't have a chance, did he? No, and you're absolutely right. It was, but this is this is classic Saints, isn't it? It's poor decision making in, uh, and I think you know we'll talk about the end of the game, which was a, a completely insane finish to a game. And I think also I would like to talk about just Arsenal for a little bit because I think it was one of the most fascinating games of football I've ever been to. But it was a nuts decision by Cedric. Well, I don't think you're right. He almost he put the force he would have put into shooting, but he put it into the pass. Yeah. Very strange for a man of that experience. You know, what like 150 Premier League games, European Cup win, very odd. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is very strange. It almost seems a bit unfair that Cedric's won a European Cup, doesn't it? Because doesn't there, are, there are, must be thousands of players more deserving um, of that sort of sort of title. But um, yeah, there we go, Cedric. What what were you doing? Um, he wasn't the only person to squander a guilted chance, though, was he? Because Gineppo had two. Yeah, I mean, the first one. He does, I guess, what you're meant to do, which is also like brilliant play from Redmond, I think, on this one. Um, he does what you're meant to do. You know, again, this was all right in front of the Saints fans, uh, low and hard. But you got you could argue that he, you know, there should no, there's no way that shouldn't have gone in. You know, like it was, a, and that was the game, wasn't it, John? That was that was it. You know, that would have been three one. Yeah. And he just kind of just didn't get the purchase on it, but. On a positive note, like how good did he look when he came on? Yeah, like, that kid is—he is a baller. He yeah. is like—he is. I would say, you know, we've got Redmond, and Redmond's great, but like, God, off the bench in Buffal and Jeff, yeah, we've got some serious. Yeah, we've got players that if they had a player like Lacazette up front, God knows what we'd be doing. But yeah. um, but anyway, but it, it, yeah, and that second chance where he sort of put it wide at the post when really he should have just leathered it you know to or, or to sort of even like chipped it towards the goal but he didn't and these are the moments that matter yeah they they are the moments that matter and then i mean ultimately we were punished for it because um we have the typical i mean if you're a saints fan and you hadn't watched any of the highlights you didn't know the results but you kind of if i was to tell you now saints are going to concede a goal what's the goal going to look like and you would describe the opposition coming up down the wing, a ball coming across, the goalkeeper flapping at it, and then someone being unmarked at the back post with an easy finish, wouldn't you? Yeah. And But also, I think, on if we talk about the goal, I think, you know, Cedric, there's an argument that there's a few things that sort of go wrong for Saints, isn't it? That Cedric doesn't quite, gets drawn out of position. You know, if he doesn't get drawn out of position, he might have been able to make the header. Yeah. McCarthy, you know, if we're going to be critical, which I guess we have to be. Um, McCarthy, again, you know, comes out of his box. Doesn't, well, it doesn't come out of his box, but, yeah, it comes out, doesn't make the punch. Yeah. You know, the, the punch is the difference, just like the Carl Walker goal. Doesn't make it, uh, leaving the forward with an easier chance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a sickener, but... 
What was the most remarkable thing, wasn't that we conceded? And John, I don't know how you felt about this, was the ambivalence at which the Arsenal players Mm. and the Arsenal fans, who are among the worst fans I've ever seen, responded to. I mean, they were terrible throughout the game, but I mean, I thought the goal had been disallowed. Such was the reaction to it. I thought something had happened which had meant the goal had been disallowed because it was such a flat reaction, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was weird because, I mean, I didn't really pick up on that so much because I collapsed into a heap in between the, the row of seats. So I wasn't looking at the Arsenal fans. But um, I've picked up on this afterwards and I've heard anecdotally from an Arsenal fan uh, that some of the fans were disappointed um, that Arsenal got the equaliser because it then made it less likely that Emery was going to mm. get the sack. Um I mean, so, Arsenal, I mean that, that's, yeah. that's a dreadful point, isn't it? When your fans hope that you lose because they want the manager to get, get sacked so, so bad. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal are a fascinating team to watch because they've got some real talent and they've also got... But I've never seen a team moan. Yeah. I mean, they're also very clever. Like Every 50-50, if they don't win it, they get a foul. Mm. They're very clever. I think a combination of a bit of bottling referee and gamesmanship particularly Genduzi, yeah. I thought was excellent on Saturday, apart from he just moaned and had tantrums across the pitch. Um, he was lucky, really, not to be sent off. Yeah, I think, you know, there was a bit in the... Yeah, I don't know if you remember, John, in front of us, where he sort of... He almost... It sounds like he almost threw the ball down in frustration, which would have been a booking. Yeah, um, but uh, he and was it Genduzi did, did the elbow, or was that um Genduzi did the elbow. I mean, Genduzi's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Like, a real brilliant player. I'd love to see, you know, would have loved him at Saints. I think the fascinating contrast, you know, we talk about players that maybe didn't perform as well as he would like. The contrast between him and Hoiberg. Hoiberg yeah. seems to be bereft of confidence. Um, you know, in, in Genduza, you have that kind of scheming, nasty, but clever midfielder that you we, you sort of hoped Hoiberg would be. Box-to-box midfielder. Um, but he just bossed uh uh, Pierre on, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, luckily it was it was all right in the end. But, um, but I mean, yeah, have, I've just having never said seen that, a team so, like it. So why why did we do so? Because I I agree. I think Gendouzi was much better than Hoiberg. But is this where we need to give some credit to some of the other players around Hoiberg? Was yes, but, Stuart I mean, Armstrong was brilliant. Yes, I thought Stuart Armstrong was great. What do you make of James Will Prowse? I mean, he didn't really stand out, but I think he was quite functional. Yeah. But he's, he's back to... I think that 4-3-3 suits Saints. Yeah. Like it does. And I think, you know, we, we're terrible with... We're terrible with five... We're terrible with five centre-backs. Three centre-backs. We're, we're not much better with two centre-backs. But at least we look dangerous going forward yeah. with a 4-3-3. And I guess, you know, just purely in terms of physics, if we're attacking more, um, we're not having to defend. Yeah. You know, and 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 we, you know, we did we gave Arsenal a lot to worry about. And if it wasn't been some rash finishing, you know, we should have taken three points. And I think, but there are lots of positives. Like, like I said about Gineppo coming off the bench, Buffon coming off the bench. Shane Long looked really good. Yeah, coming off the bench, he looked really fit, yeah. looked really up for it. Ran his heart um, out. Ran his heart out. You know, did exactly what you expect. Whether whether we'll ever see Shay Adams again is a another question. But um Overall, yeah, we were gutted, weren't we, John? But yeah. if you had said before the game two all, 
Would yeah, you, you have taken it? Yeah, absolutely you would. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, the, in some ways, I think maybe should be the key point that we should take heart from, is that after we conceded the goal and it finished, you know, we, it was then 2-2 and there was, what, maybe two minutes left of stoppage time to play, we created another chance and Buffal mm. just put the ball wide of the pace, right? Yeah. What happens when Saints concede normally? All the heads drop, they, yeah. they fall to pieces, we maybe then go and concede another, um, we can't believe our luck, there's a real kind of victim mentality. But not on, on Saturday, we actually pushed forward and, and created another chance, which almost, I don't know, does that tell you more about where the Saints are mentally than they were a couple of weeks ago before the, the, the um, international break? Well, it comes from Ralph, doesn't it? If you think about it, um, Ralph... All three, so the three subs that came on, Buffal, Long, Gineppo, all attacking subs. Yeah. You know, like, he could have um, put, you know, Romeo on to steady the ship, but he didn't. Um, I can't remember if we'd made all three subs by the time. I don't think we... I think he made subs after we'd scored the penalty, I think. Yeah. Um, but look, I think it came from Ralph, didn't it, that positivity. And I think, you know, I know we veer on this podcast between Doom and sort of ecstasy but I think I think you know if they can if Ralph can get them to play like that on Saturday at 5.30 it's going to be alright yeah you know what they you know it's going to be alright and also I think um, and maybe it just felt this because you know it always does but when that second goal went in it when James Ward Prowse scored that penalty I don't know about you John but for me like the way the players celebrated it 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 seemed to me like it really meant something to them. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, they came and celebrated in front of us um, in the away end. And you could just see, I mean, I just, I remember Ryan Bertrand's face in particular. and He was just yelling and punching the air. And the Saints fans were going wild. And Danny Ings was the same. Nathan yeah. Redmond. Obafemi. Yeah. You know, like, I think it felt different. It didn't feel like a team that had given up. No. Um you know, they'll be gutted at the result. But more important, you know, if you'd have said nil-nil, it could have been nil-nil, we could have played terribly and Arsenal yeah. played terribly. But to all, the more important thing, you know, really is probably the spirit. Yeah. And I think they showed a hell of a lot of spirit. Okay, Tom, I'm going to read out a couple of emails now. So if uh, anyone out there listening wants to email um, the podcast, it's saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've got an email from Gordon, Saint GT. He's emailed us before. Um and he emailed us on Monday saying, just finished watching the Arsenal game and feel worse than if we lost. Don't get me wrong, if you'd offered me a draw at the beginning of the match, I'd have taken it. But after such a positive display and the chances created and missed, the draw felt like a loss. From the Leicester capitulation, spirited effort against Man City, failing to turn up for Everton, to the real grit and determination shown on last Saturday... It's never a dull ride following the Saints and probably never will be. I hope that for the next few weeks we can continue in this vein and get the vital wins that we need. Um, one thought on extra time, and I'm not complaining about Saturday 7 minutes, but is it time, like in rugby, that the clock is stopped when the ball is out of play or stopped started by the ref? Um, you know, may, maybe stop the players mucking around, slowing things down or time wasting. Um, I think the... With the last point, in theory, yes, you're supposed to stop the clock, but it doesn't always happen. 
but we obviously had seven minutes stoppage time on Saturday. What about his first point? You know, it's that kind of yo-yoing of form, isn't it? The Leicester, then you know, good performance against Man City, then terrible against Everton, then good performance against Arsenal. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the 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 challenge as well is that we have had incredibly difficult games. You know, I know it's 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 easy to be doom and gloom, and I'm part of that at times, but. It is. We've had tremendously difficult games, and um, you know what's going to, you know what's going to make same season, and what's you know if we get relegated, it's not going to because we because we lost away at Man City. It's not going to be because we lose at home to Liverpool. It's all about the next. It's this next run of games, isn't it, John? Which we'll come on to speak about. But yeah, the form is, is yo-yo. But we've also um, beaten two pretty good teams. Yeah, you know, in Brighton and Sheffield United. You know, it probably didn't feel like that at the time. But um, but Sheffield United are a hell of a team. And, you know, they're not losing many games and we're one of the few to beat them. So, um, yeah. So, I know I have been doom and gloom, but I do feel that this is now the run run of games. And you know what? If we don't get any out of games, then we deserve to go down anyway. Okay, I've got one more email to, to read. This one's from Jason Rodwell. He's at NI Northern Ireland Saints on Twitter. Um, Hello, James. I thought I'd get in touch now that I've had a couple of days to digest Saturday's game and recover from the rest of the weekend's revelry. I travelled over from Belfast for the weekend and I'd already got sorted with a ticket from a season ticket holder. I've corresponded for a while now on Twitter. So a huge thank you to him firstly. I've only started going to away games as of this season after roughly 15 years of attending games at St Mary's. And as someone who has only dipped his toe in, I would encourage anyone who hasn't been to an away game to give it a go. Our away support is an absolute credit to the club. The atmosphere on Saturday in the away end was unbelievable. Constant singing for the entirety of the match and the home support was practically inaudible. I was there on my own as my Arsenal supporting friend was sitting at the opposite end of the stadium, but I was chatting to a few different groups of fans, all of whom were very friendly and forthcoming, as well as a vocal and as well as vocal and fully up for the match. My first away game was at Burnley, where I went with my brother, who I think I'm right in saying has exactly the same Premier League winless streak as me. So I'm at <laughs> 15 now, Tom. It's um, terrible, John. And yeah, as far as away days go, I can't think how it could have been any worse. Soaked to the skin due to torrential rain, which fell for the 24 hours uh, we were in Burnley. Team played abysmally in a 3-0 defeat and was stuck in Burnley until the following afternoon. But despite all that, gave me a great rush and made me want to get straight on to booking my next away game. This came in the form of Saturday's ultimately crushing draw against Arsenal, which seems strange to say, but even the most ardent gooner would admit that we would have been far more deserving of the three points than Arsenal, and in truth should have been two or three goals up on the home team when they scored their second. It was a much improved performance considering against Everton we didn't even register a single attempt in the first half. I'll be happy for us to forego a third centre-back in every match if we play on the front foot and create as many chances as we did on Saturday. Barring for some shambolic finishing, we would have buried Arsenal. It's no secret that we have a favourable run of fixtures approaching and a real chance to climb out of danger. I'm not always the most positive of fans, but Saturday reminded me what we're capable of. And panic will only set in if we're still in the relegation zone after the next four or five games. Um, He also adds, I've enjoyed every episode of the podcast, had some great guests and always makes for a good listen. Keep up the good works. Well, thank you, Jason. We always love a nice compliment thrown in there to our emails. Um, if you want to compliment <laughs> myself or Tom, it's saintsofsupodcast at gmail.com. Um, 
he's picking up on a few things there. I suppose let's let's talk about the atmosphere and what it's like going to an away game. Um, a bit like Jason, I suppose when I first started going to Saints games, um, although I think, yeah, I actually think my very first Saints game was away um, to Liverpool, but I was, you know, pretty young at the time. Um, and I think away games get more fun as you get older. But having spent 10 years living in London, I've gone to quite a lot of away games because there's quite a lot of games in London, which are very easy to get to. And it is different, Tom, isn't it? The atmosphere is generally better. I would agree 100%. I mean, I, away games are much more fun. Um, they just, I don't know. I mean, the atmosphere at St. Mary's is, is not maybe, you know, and it's probably the result of the team's performance. I mean, it's the result of the team's performances. is not great, but yeah, the away fans are just, there's a lot more humour. And I think there's a lot more of a realistic expectation on the players. Uh, and there's less of a tendency to get on people's back. That's yeah. not a go at anyone, but it just seems to be that way. I suppose the expectation is, you know, you're right. You don't go to many away games with Saints expecting to win. You generally go there because you're going with some mates. You want to have a good time. You want to meet people, have have a couple of beers perhaps. Um, and that makes it quite fun. Um, I think, you know, the reason why, you know, I, like Jason, I really enjoyed Saturday. It was really good fun watching the club. And I felt like there was a lot of camaraderie amongst the Saints fans on Saturday afternoon. We had a good chat with the people around us, um, especially after you swore really loudly at the referee and then apologised uh, to the small child yeah. that was standing next to his dad. They were very good humoured people. That, yeah. That, that young man and his dad were nice people. Yeah, they, they were. Um, I think uh, the way I'd kind of describe it, it, it felt like, you know, when you go to an away game, you're all there, you're all together, you're on enemy territory, as it were. So there's a smaller group of you. You have to stick together to be loud and to have an atmosphere. And there was actually the one point where my whole belief changed and I thought that we might actually win the game and not succumb to an inevitable draw was when the ball got booted into the away end. And you could almost hear the collective thought of every Saints fan that was in the away end, which was, keep the ball, don't throw it back to Arsenal, you know, time waste yourselves. It was good and, fun, and, wasn't it? And the ball went in, the guy caught it and just immediately buried it under his chair and then like started waving his hands at the Arsenal players that, that were going crazy at this point. And it's that kind of collective, you know, it's... It, it's that kind of like collective group herd mentality, which I know kind of back in football violence days led to awful things. But there's a there's a lot of fun in it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've spoken before about the kind of what we like to see from the Saints players is and I, I, I'll say that S word housery because I don't want to get you flagged on iTunes. John. <laughs> but um, but, you know, but and I think when you see a bit of it, I think the, the fans respond well to the players doing it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the you know ultimately, the football fans feed off the players, don't they? Yeah. But, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. We like those like goober fish at the bottom of the whale. And I think yeah, we we need them. We need them to give us something. And I worry at St Mary's because they're not giving the, the the fans enough. People are quick to react, but I would hope that after Saturday, you know, you've got to hope they've got to take the mentality from Saturday into into this this coming game. Yeah, I was uh, just um, doing uh, Freddie's show on the ugly inside for him uh, this week. And uh, he was asking, you know, is the match against Watford must win? And kind of theoretically, I mean, we can still survive relegation and still have, 
you know, we can improve and get the points that we need to get without winning this game. But for the fans that are going to St Mary's, every home game, it's got to be must win, hasn't it? You know, they've had a really rubbish time. What have we yeah. got? One point at home this season? One point at home. Pretty bad end to last season, if you think yeah. about it. You know, Huddersfield at home, a gift of a game on the last day. One all and a pretty poor performance. Um, so it's kind of, you know, I think you'd argue, and I think I've said this before, but I think the worst thing Saints did was celebrating after that Bournemouth game. Um, they shouldn't have done that. Well, we drew the three all and we couldn't get relegated or it was like mathematically almost certain we couldn't be relegated. I think Saints have kind of been a bit of a downward spiral since then. If you, if you look back at the games and, you know, I think almost Ralph, which is not what you'd ever think of him, almost maybe let him take the foot off the gas. Yeah. And that hangover has, has sort of probably gone into this season. Yeah. So anyway, but in in Watford, we now come across um, the team that are the only team worse than us, Tom. Yeah, I mean, they've just come off the back of a 3-0 defeat at home to Burnley, uh, which, you know, whilst Burnley are a very good team this season, is, is not what you want, is it? And I think, um, they, I think they also have quite a lot of injuries. So a Watford win it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, let's hope not. But let's let, let's talk about these these Southampton fixtures because um, you know Watford they they've got some players that can do damage to us. I don't know if Welbeck is fit, but he likes a, a goal against Southampton. Um, Decore loves scoring goals with his hands against Southampton, so that there is some risk there. Um, but I'm just going to read out these fixtures to you, Tom, because this is what this this is these next five Premier League games will determine. I think, or probably the rest of the season, because I think if we don't do well in these next five games, Ralph will inevitably lose his job. Um, so I'm going to read them out to you. Southampton at home to Watford on Saturday. Southampton at home to Norwich City on Wednesday. Both those games televised as well, for those of you that want to watch it. Newcastle away the following weekend uh, on the Sunday. And the following... Uh, game is against West Ham again at home and then Aston Villa away and that's our next five games which take us up to Christmas that's the, that's the what is it Americans say that's the that's the matter that's the game you know that's it isn't it whatever Americans that's that's the money isn't it That this is it these five games like there's no way if, if Saints do not get I would say out of those five games. Uh so what so what is it so sorry what Watford, Watford at home Norwich. Norwich at home. Newcastle away. West Ham West at home. Ham. Villa away. It's Villa away. But then also, you know, the alright, you've got Chelsea away after that. Yeah. But then you've also got Palace at home. Yeah. You know, like after that. So yeah, you could argue that we are now coming to a run of seven games of which one you would say we've got no hope of getting anything from. Yeah. It's a, so what's that? Seven games is a fifth of a season. So yeah. we have a huge run of games. I think, I, I agree with you. I think if, if Ralph doesn't turn around, he kind of has to go. And I think you could argue that that's fair. You know, because if you can't, if you can't motivate the players, 
yeah, if you can't get this team of very wealthy multimillionaires motivated to stay, to play with passion and try and stay with Southampton in the Premier League, then he shouldn't be doing the job. Which is very weird. That yeah. they're not motivated, that they even need to be motivated, but yeah, you know, such I is mean, life. But yeah, at, this at, is at the, this the is moment it. to say like Ralph should lose his job doesn't that that's something that I disagree with. But if after those five games we haven't probably at minimum got nine points, it's going to be really tough for him. I think to make have the to argument. Yeah, they have to. I mean, because if you think about it, they they have to do everything they can to not be. You know, the club has to do everything it can. Gal has just put in a load of, you know, chonky money into this thing, and they can't be relegated. You know, like as far as he's concerned, this is his asset. If the, yeah. if the club is relegated, it's it's probably worth half of what it was eighteen months ago. So, um, you know, so they will do everything they can. And if you think about it, if Ralph can't motivate them. If these next five, seven games, however you want to cut it, then Gao is probably going to have to look at it and go, you know, you're getting Big Sam. You know, you're getting someone whose job is to get you out of these situations. Yeah. As horrible as that is, because, you know, if you think about it, if you're Gao, you'd look at it and you'd go, well, if he can't get us through these games, we ain't going to get anything from anyone under him, which is not an unreasonable thing to think. No. Okay, Tom, so we've got... I'm just going to I'm going to focus on the next five fixtures rather than the seven. Um, so you've got 15 points up for grabs here. You've got three home games: Watford, Norwich, West Ham. Two away games: Newcastle, Villa. How many points do you think Saints could get from this? Uh, will get. Let, let's say you know could get and will get. I think we'll get. I think we'll get 10 points. So you get three wins, one draw, one loss. I think, yeah, I think we'll win the next two home games because yep. we have to. I think we'll then. Um, I don't. I've got a feeling we won't get anything at, at Newcastle. Yeah. I think we could draw against Villa, and I'm obviously I'm missing a game here. West Ham at home. West Ham at home. Horrible bogey team. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I don't. I mean, ten points from five games would be a fantastic form. Yeah. It would also, however, I mean, I also it's really important who we take these points off. Like we have to take points off um, the teams that are definitely going to be down there. So Norwich and Watford come the end of the season are definitely going to be down there. I don't think Villa are going to be. I'm not quite sure West Ham will be with the squad of players they've got. Um. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting a little bit nerve, nervy, isn't it? Because I think when you looked at the table at the start of the season, you thought some of the teams that would be pretty much guaranteed to be down in the relegation zone, really battling, you'd have said Sheffield United will be down there. There's Burnley no way Sheffield, I mean, will, will, will be down there. Yeah, Brighton Nor- might be down yeah, there. Brighton Palace might there. be down there. Newcastle, everyone thought were going to be a total flop. Um, Villa, you didn't expect would be doing particularly well. Um, given you didn't expect Everton and West Ham to be down there, but you know Norwich and Watford, yeah, you might have expected them to be down there. The scary thing is, if we take, let's say we take nine points out of that, um, that only brings us up to what Burnley and Sheffield United are on at the moment. You know, that only takes yeah. us up to 18 points. So, I mean, if, if your prediction's right, then at the halfway point in the season, we have 19 points, which is 
still running. Thirty-eight relegate. points in total. That's probably just about scraping yeah, through to survival. Yeah. I mean, not in any. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, also the crazy thing is that Saints could win the next five games. It's unlikely, but they're all winnable games. Yeah. Um, and you know, and if we get a flying start against Watford, you know, if Shane Long scores within seven seconds again, whatever it is, then that could give them a lift. The worry, the absolute terrifying fear, and hopefully the players won't have it, is you know, what if we concede early against Watford, yeah. just like we did against Everton, and then Watford sharp shop. Um, but, you know, if you look, Watford are really in bad place, really, yeah. really in a bad place. They have a huge number of injuries. So looking at this, they have six Player, they've lost six players in six games with injuries, and they've yeah. eight players in the squad uh, that are injured. Um, yeah. So you know, big players for them as well: Thomas Cleverley, Pereira, Welbeck, Jan Matt. Yeah, all players that probably would start. The worry is Troy Deeney. Um, Troy Deeney not injured. I was kind of banking on him being injured. No, he's, back. he's injured. Um, so yeah. But look, I mean, it's not really about Watford. It's got to be about Saints, and Saints yeah. have to make it all by them. And I like to see the club giving away free beer to have free drink to everyone on Saturday, like they did for Ralph's first game. Yeah, free you beer know, is better than free blindfolds, isn't it? Yeah, they need to do this. I mean, it's not the biggest game in years, but it's the biggest game of this season. Yeah. Okay, well, Tom... I mean, I don't know. Do you have any other business? I, I wonder if we'd leave it at that and just kind of sit here and look forward to the fact that we now have games coming thick and fast all the way through to Christmas. They're all winnable. Hopefully, on Boxing Day, when we all settle down to watch Saints versus Chelsea, you know, with whatever Christmas hangover or food babies or whatever that we have. Or actual babies in my case. Yeah, potential actual baby food. It's your first one. It'll probably be late. Hey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I guess the the other thing I would say is um, it's a shout out to my former employer, Amazon, because the Norwich and the Chelsea games are both on Prime Video. Yeah. So if you sign up, if you're not a Prime member, you can sign up and get a 30 day free trial and watch Saints for free for two games. There we go. And then you can cancel your Prime membership after that. You can. I, mean, I don't work for them anymore, so I've got no skin in this game. But yeah, uh, it's just you know. Good opportunity to watch some games. Okay, well, there we go. Um, two free Saints games for you to watch online on Amazon Prime. Um, Tom, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. I was really glad to see you on Saturday. Shame we didn't get the result, but hopefully that win, that big W, is coming the on big Saturday. Home win. Yeah. And uh, for all of you season ticket holders out there, I've got everything crossed for you that you're going to see your first win of the season. Um, anyway, if you want to get in contact with the Saints FC podcast, we are on Twitter at Saints FC podcast. We are also on email, saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. It's ta from me. And it's goodbye from me. There we go. Cheerio, everyone. <laughs>